0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on today's longer episode. I've got two great friends of mine that are in here to talk about a lot of BYU-Utah stuff, the dynamics there, but first we actually get to kind of some of the dating stuff going on in Utah, and specifically dating apps and how they're used, and I thought that might be of interest to some of you, as well as after that we then get into kind of talking about our least favorite Utah and BYU players, and these are two... Uh, friends of mine that are pretty big Ute fans and one of them his entire life cheering for the Utes and uh, the other one kind of a hybrid of the two but anyway they're really good guys I think you'll enjoy the conversation let me know what you think about it because it's a little different Uh, Chase wasn't able to be on the podcast this week due to work commitments and so I got these guys on and I'm sure they'll be on more often Uh, I hope you enjoy it let me know what you think y'all have a good week it's, the weather's getting better, so time to be excited about that.
1: I hate the program, I hate their fans, I hate everything, so it felt really good to send those guys home. Jimmer Fredette has become a big time college basketball star at BYU.
2: That's one of my lyrics in the song, there couldn't be a a prouder older brother than me. Carlino,
0: a bounce to Haas, Haas posting up, short corner right to the middle, fades away, good! When you doing what's right on and off the field, uh, I, I think the Lord steps in and, and uh, plays a, you know, plays a part in that. Magic
3: happens.
1: I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it.
0: I've got with me right now two guys. I I could not be more excited for this. I'll be honest. John Boy and Casey i don't know i don't really have a nickname for you casey it's all right case i don't know that's fine i've called john john boy for a long time now
2: i remind a lot of people
0: of tommy boy so i feel good about that is that right (laughs) no i hope not (laughs) i wouldn't have thought so yeah (laughs) yeah the
1: worst part of this podcast is going to try to figure out how to weave in between your like movie quotes like, yeah. I, I know I'm not going to be able yeah. to, I'm I just going to f- shut
0: up and be quiet during those times. <laughs> we this, this conversation probably isn't as free-flowing as we'd like it to be, and with that comes some editing, and so those will likely all be edited out. But, um, Guys, we're here to talk about, first off, whatever we want, basically. <laughs> But then we are going to get to the meat of the what I really want to talk about, obviously, which is kind of the BYU-Utah stuff going on right now. And I want specifically, basically what I have here is a Ute fan and a half, but it's a strong half, unfortunately.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I can give some of the background if that would be helpful for the context.
0: Yeah, I mean... So, Casey, no question, you die hard, you die hard. Is that fair? Yes, absolutely. Die yeah. Hard. I mean, I would say I'm a die hard BYU fan, I think. But I think other BYU fans might actually disagree with that when they hear this podcast. They'd be like, mm. <laughs> I would totally agree with that. But you're also not a delusional. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's the
2: crucial. That's and, the difference. And maybe right? the, like the 5% on, the, on each end of the spectrum is just delusional.
0: But maybe I'm but not diehard anymore, though. Because that doesn't make you a diehard. Casey is diehard. You're season ticket older and everything. I'm not. Like, I, I watch every game. Like, I won't yeah, miss a I game. Mean, but... Yeah, i just, I'm, like... I'm log- diehard. Like, logistically, I, I, can go into, like...
2: I mean, you live up here. It's hard to go down for every basketball game or everything. So... Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. I kind of agree with Casey. I mean, though, our, our friends from Delta, they drive up from Delta to yeah, go every is football game is and every true. basketball game. So, so maybe I'm not
0: a die. I don't even know what that means, but I will never cheer for another university more than BYU. I know that. So that sounds pretty diehard. I'd say you're, I think it's hard you're, to, you're kind of
1: borderline. It's...
0: Borderline war. It's like a... Oh, pushing It's die a hard. spectrum, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I'll take that. But yeah. yeah,
1: but measuring your fandom based upon like how much you go to games is probably like the wrong... Yeah, I don't thing. think That'd
0: that's be right. like the be-all, end-all. It's probably just the measure of... How
1: much do you care?
0: That's, yeah. And here's the thing. People don't realize that my critiques of BYU are really just because I love them. Absolutely. And my critiques you of Utah are because I hate them. Yes.
2: You wouldn't. <laughs> Equally yeah, yeah, my you don't Well, you don't think about things that you don't engender strong opinions yeah, exactly. one way or the other. That's so, like, true. you're not spending a lot of time, like, losing sleep over what Utah State's going to do now with, to fill their head coaching hire.
0: I uh, The only thing that did cross my mind, funny you say that, is, like, Somebody was talking about it on Twitter. I don't know. this, per- I, like, I, I can't even remember who it was. It was probably just some random person with seven followers and they are like, uh-oh, I hope they don't take uh, Burgess or Fieger or I think those were the two basically that were mentioned th- that are on BYU's coaching staff. And I was like, I thought about it for a second. I was like, yeah, that kind of would suck actually because I love BYU's coaching staff. I actually think their cohesion is amazing and I think that's why the players love being in their locker room.
1: I think Chris Burgess is going to get
0: Really, he should. You're, yeah, I mean, he is the he is the head assistant coach, so he he should be in running. You'd, I'd imagine Madsen's in running, but I have zero clue how you did, so maybe not. Yeah, but
1: you got to think. Uh, really success successful at BYU. Very familiar with the state of Utah. Yeah. And has a. And he's got to take it. He's got to take.
2: Yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Would you say Mark Madsen's in the running, or? That's that's what I said, Matt. That, that? Madsen. Yeah. Who'd you think I was saying? Mad about? Dog.
1: He's the head coach of EVU. Yeah.
0: like Lakers. Yeah, like, that guy? like awesome dance moves. <laughs> yeah, Madsen. Did not know that. <laughs> you didn't know he's the coach of UVU? Admittedly,
2: I'm like for sure the least passionate college basketball fan in this room. That's fine. But I did not know that. That's incredible. Anyway. I, I assumed there was a different
0: Madsen then I thought I had a nice, clever joke. Well, all right. yeah. Sorry. Maybe edit this out. <laughs> um, anyway, the reason the big... So we'll get to that in a second, but here's the thing. I actually... I have enough listeners right now that love hearing kind of other people's perspective on just living in Utah and Whatever. And I especially love getting Casey riled up about this topic, so I want to hear it for a second. How has dating been going for you, Casey? Oh,
1: I've quit dating. It, <laughs> it, it, I just don't even participate at this point. You're just, you're just
0: done? I'm just out. Like, you're not, it's not a season of, like, it's not It's not a vacation, so to speak. You're just like, I might be done forever?
1: Uh, Man, I,
0: that seems a little much.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm done forever. I would say that I just don't think it's worth the time or the investment. I am perfectly happy right now as a single male in Utah. And
0: when you say investment, do you mean monetarily or do you mean emotionally? Like emotionally, that, I mean, monetarily,
1: time, time,
2: time. Time's the biggest thing.
1: Uh, just just off. Of, I just don't feel like right now for me it's worth the investment.
0: That's, dude, I love it. I mean, just you freaking, you do you, man. Yeah. I'm, I mean, let's be real. Golf has given back more to you than dating almost ever has is
2: that possible
0: uh yeah that's probably pretty fair yeah. and you know what let me just let me just also say this to have somebody like you bow out of dating the, the <laughs> ladies in utah are missing out dude.
1: i i i probably wouldn't say that. you're doing them a
0: disservice there's no question yeah. about i wouldn't that. say i'm bowing he, yeah Casey's I, i'm not a little extreme i'm not
1: bowing out time. of dating it's it it's just far from the top of my priority list it's it's yeah. low on the on the totem pole. If something were to happen,
0: great. Yeah,
1: but I'm not actively seeking it out. What about
0: are you on? So you're not on any dating apps.
1: Uh, I have them on my phone. I get on them maybe once a month, out of pure boredom.
0: So that's fair, uh, John. I actually I want you on this too. This is not just like sure. let's like pick Casey's brain because you're just as eligible.
2: Well. Arguably not, but I'm not a homeowner. Um,
1: uh, <laughs> not a dog owner either. Not
2: a dog owner. Yeah, I'm I'm lagging way behind. Um, yeah, I'm I would say I'm more in more invested than not more invested, but it's probably a higher priority for me than Casey, which is not saying a ton. It's a but low bar. It's yeah, it's a low bar to <laughs> to clear over. But um, yeah, I'm like going on dates. Are you on apps? I, I'm yeah. on Hinge. Hinge. A hinge Only. and not mutual. I
0: I go back and forth with mutual, just currently not. I have been some the not so I have this thought. Past. Now, I'm assuming some things with this. Go ahead. With the assumption being that we're all, and when I say we're all, I mean like, generally speaking, people that we rub shoulders with, are looking for somebody who is dedicated to the church to a certain degree like kind of has that in their like long term plan sure M- my supposition is that the chances of finding somebody that's on that track that isn't on mutual is less than 1% oh I strongly disagree with that Alright, let's
2: hear it I mean I've I guess I'm not from may, maybe from experience but like I feel like I've gone on plenty of dates with girls from Hinge that like is not a church issue at all
0: like that is not or what's the right way to say they're it? active members
2: they're active members yeah
0: or like but they're not on, but aren't they on mutual? though? that's my point. I think a
2: lot of people are on multiple.
0: I'm not saying that Hinge doesn't I'm not saying Hinge in general has less than 1% available. I'm saying anyone on Hinge that would be your type is already on also mutual. Is also on mutual. I okay,
2: that's probably true. I would agree. And that. uh Maybe if you're going like mostly off physical, I think Hinge is a way better app. Like you actually like
0: the br- like the yeah, just the everything. layout of
2: it and like the uh, you actually yeah. have a chance to like say a few like different things about yourself versus mutuals. So just kind of like the, yeah. the, the what's actually written is a crapshoot. I feel like mutual is much more physically. You're based. right. Hinge
0: does kind of force you to yeah, actually m- yeah. make yourself interesting to some yeah, degree, to right? some extent. Yeah. And so that's, I feel, that's like,
2: like a, I feel like I feel like the dates I've gone on off Hinge are better generally than Mutual. Gotcha. Well, but I, yeah, I, to your point, I'm sure they probably are on both. And for, this is a recent thing that I just like t- paused my Mutual and deleted the app off my phone. But generally I've been on both as well. The
0: The big thing for me is that, it's not that I'm like some big believer in Mutual. It's just like... Yeah, seriously. it feels like you're like a shareholder. No, yeah, for real. I actually kind of hate it, but um, <laughs> I just feel like It kind of cuts through a lot of that for me, you know, where it's like if I'm looking for a specific person, I might as well not like have to sift through a bunch of people that I'll never actually be with long term. Sure, that's fair.
2: I see that. I think the biggest thing is like using Hinge, if someone is like a no on
0: drinking, smoking, drugs, weed, like, and they went to BYU, you're like pretty safe to assume. For sure. My favorite, by the way, on Hinge is when they say, no on drugs and that they are Christian, but they don't have a response for drinking. On drinking. Sure. (laughs) It's like, just answer. Sure. I've seen
1: that.
2: That one's my favorite. Yeah, it's funny. Like, which ones they say no on? I don't want to
0: say no because, because, you know, I party from time to time, but I'm not a partier.
2: (laughs) Or you're a member or
0: something. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're clearly a member. They've clearly been down that path, but they're—I don't know—it's like this weird like conundrum that they have in their head Totally. Like, like oh, I don't want to lie, but <laughs> exactly. I
2: just
1: don't want to put yes or sometimes <laughs> yeah.
0: either. I uh, mean, to some extent,
1: I actually kind of get that.
0: Sure. No, you, I do, do. That's what I'm saying. That's like, my favorite. I uh, like. I'm not even criticizing them. I think it's funny.
1: Because when you put like that, you know, somebody could put on like sometimes. Yeah. But what is sometimes? Yeah. What well, sometimes could it's be sometimes once ever in your once life? Once a week. Yeah. Or yeah. it's sometimes when you have COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Or and Fair like question. if you say if you say yes, I don't
2: feel like that's like saying you're an alcoholic. Yeah. But like sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's a very wide spectrum between yeah. Like what
0: what what at what point do you go from sometimes to yes? Next time you match with somebody on hinge that says sometimes, just the first question right out the gate should be, So how long have you been an alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> how many days sober? So yeah, that's kind of my just little quick little tidbit of dating apps because um they're obviously very interesting i actually my big thing lately has been i don't like dating apps because they present this false sense of security for me where it's like if my life doesn't work out in real life if like dating isn't working out well it's like i always have that to fall back on and one thing i do want to share and i know you guys have heard before but it's like might as well throw it out there on the podcast is i've likened it to in batman (laughs) which makes me sound so nerdy I don't even like superheroes. I actually don't either. think sure. Sure. I don't this. So Batman's sh- not a superhero movie though for the record. But sure this. It not it's 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 a uh, it's well wealth, beyond Well wealth is a super, is of superpower. But <laughs> I'm, trying, um, I'm trying to prove that. I uh it, it was when he's in Batman 3 actually, The Dark Knight Rises, when he's trying to come out of the prison that's in that hole in the ground basically. Yeah. And he's trying to escape, and he always attaches himself to that rope, and he has to make that jump. And then finally, the last time, he's like, "Nope, not going to use the rope." And it's not using the rope that got him to make the leap that he actually had to make. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like cutting the rope. Like when you don't use dating apps, it's like, "All right, now you have nothing to fall back on." Yeah, like you had to actually put effort into this. That's right.
2: I got to talk to people. Yeah, I got to put myself out there a little bit. There definitely is like, uh, yeah, false sense of security. Maybe is the right word for it. Maybe isn't. In fact, my dad recently told me, he's like, hey, I know you're, like, going on a lot of dates from dating apps, but, like, just remember there's, like, other ways to meet people, too. Don't think that's, like, your only – or don't
0: put all your effort just into that. If the he said that to you in sinful. the last year, though, you could have easily come back and I'm like, not in COVID, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it was not in the – it was in the last
2: year, but it was, like, probably less than two months ago, so I feel like it's yeah, more to the game.
0: Yeah, not as much as a good – yeah, it was not
2: like last March. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you should st- still should be doing a lot socially. Yeah, like no, it was not. that. Is that an
0: endorsement, that, Dad, to get I mean, everybody COVID right now?
2: But I, mean, I don't think my dad was too worried about it, frankly. So
1: <laughs> it's kudos to you that you even allow your parents to talk to you
0: about dating. Because that's <laughs> yeah. just off the, it's off the menu. At yeah, the that's, household. Yeah, that's not welcome. Uh, I don't blame you guys. I my parents. I, I, honestly, I gotta give credit where credit is due. My my parents, like. My, and especially my mom because my dad he's never really probed just there may be a general disinterest on his part on that I don't Steve. even know <laughs> and I'm not even kidding on that there's no question my mom wants to know yeah she's chomping at the bit to know and sometimes she'll ask but that's why I give her more credit because she actually does hold back and I yeah it's funny wrong. it's like very similar to me I I think my dad
2: cares but he's not nearly as interested as my mom is Mm-hmm. But yeah my dad cares I don't mean to say he doesn't care he absolutely cares no, I, we all yeah. understood your dad doesn't love you and doesn't care about you we got what Wait, say he doesn't but uh well maybe save that for the is this a realization I'm
0: having right now save and that the
2: for the therapy pod um but yeah like same thing so my mom also wants to probably know more and is more interested but she holds off on questions fairly well I yeah think, relative to her
1: concern for my eternal welfare
0: uh, and, and and Casey's philosophy is just like, nope, nobody say anything. Casey's, Casey's oh, I just told my mom, well, my
1: mom really wants to know and I just told my mom, I was like, hey, you'll know when you need to know. Otherwise, I don't want you to get your hopes up. Because that's happened to me in the past where I'll go on two or three dates with a girl and I'll just have randomly talked about it and then she gets her hopes up. And I'm, and I'm like... I'm already crushed. <laughs> like you, mean, yeah, like don't you mean, don't you need to be crushed. Really like about. I get it. You want more grandbabies. There like, really is. You want you know, you you want there me to have something
2: to that of like. Like every time I see my parents, like I tell them about like the dates I've been on that week, and then the next time I see them, it's like, Well, what's going on with that girl? What's going on with
1: that girl? Their memory like, isn't incredible. incredible. I don't need to back. be giving you like the blow
2: by blow update on every like
1: well, first, at so some, some point I want worse. like a around a, a little bit of some independence here,
2: yeah. And then and that's regard, a really good policy, like
0: when there's something to know about, you'll know. You'll know. There's nothing worse love than to to making mom. some like, like talk you just like in passing, like you said, you're kind of randomly mentioning like, yeah, I took one girl out. How'd it go? Oh, you know, it went pretty well, I thought. And then you have the next week and a half of fallout with that girl where you don't even get a second date because there's this weird back and forth. True. And then you're just kind of over it. And then a couple days after that, your mom's like, so how's it going? Mm-hmm. And she'll say it by name and you're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I like, I don't even, like, you're making this feel so much worse than it actually should feel. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah it's like, oh
2: yeah that kind of fizzled like ah oh, dang I did kind of like her though God, <laughs> yeah, man. yeah. like sock coming after the surface you're like oh no yeah. I just remember
1: one time I was with my dad golfing and he, and he was asking me about my dating life and I just looked at him and I said I'm here to golf <laughs> I'll have to I think to that's like the most. last time my dad's ever asked me about <laughs> dating I'm just here so I don't to because I was like dad I'm, I'm, I'm here to golf not, not talk about dating <laughs> that's
0: incredible I just I'd like seriously if once like just put your dad in, like put ourselves in his shoes like that I would be crushed <laughs> I'll be I'm gonna be straight on I was like if that's my son and he's like dad I'm here to golf and nothing else it's like <laughs> oh <laughs> that's that's probably true but I
1: talked to my dad enough about yeah, a, a variety of different topics that yeah I don't
2: think your dad would take that as,
1: and he, he understands he most of like yeah. uh, that yeah, that's when true. he needs to know
0: he'll, he'll know I'm sure there's plenty of dynamics there that yeah. yeah yeah well that was that was oof that was fulfilling. That <laughs> scratch your itch. It did. It really? really did. Glad to hear that. And with that said, so I like I, I do want to come back to that real quick. I I have that belief about dating apps that it can present a false sense of security, but that's for a lot of people that don't use it right, such as myself. So. Right. If I do put myself in the right mindset where I'm actually going through them more slowly, no joke, if I'm swiping mindlessly, it's a oh, yeah. terrible sign. But if I'm actually like looking into it and being like, you know what, I'm going to talk to these girls, I'm going to like feel it out and put some real effort in, that's the right way to use it. Problem is that doesn't happen a whole lot. Sure. But yeah. it can, and when I make that happen, then I do believe in them more. Yep. Um, because I like, In fact, there was a guy I was talking to not too long ago who paid for an app. Pa- paid to use mutual, like, he paid, and yeah. upgrade, and to me, that's, like, never even, I'm, like, no, not, never, never, Would yeah. I do that, Yeah. and I was, like, well, that's because he was, like, legitimately using to find a wife, and he did, like, he married into a family that I'm somewhat involved with, like, yeah. I know that sounds weird, but it's, like, my sister's in-laws, he okay. married into that family, okay. like, to an extent, like, like, cousins, and so... That's yeah, like, that's how I know putting I know. putting money yeah.
2: into it is certainly a sign of like for trying sure. to take it seriously. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're investing in so it. So once I
0: that dawned on me, I was like, good for him. Like yeah, right. he he did it right. Like that's that's how you're. There's supposed definitely to success it. stories out there. So yeah,
1: that,
3: okay. it,
1: it,
0: it, I think it's like you said. It's it's all about your yeah. overall intention. Like
2: anything, it's a tool. It's just how you use it. For sure,
0: that's right. Well. Yeah. I guess that's all we had to say initially. Like anything, it's a tool it's just how you just trying to use it. Yeah, so. well. yeah, fast forward. We, we <laughs> typically use it like a fork, you know, trying to eat soup. Exactly. You know, just... exactly. <laughs> We're not quite, it's not quite yeah. getting the right job yeah, done. That, yeah. That's actually a <laughs> fantastic analogy. Using you, like a fork trying to eat soup. Yeah, and not nice. even pho. Like straight up broth. Yeah, just broth, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking like a tomato soup or like a... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You might get Cream a little of like parsley. That's yeah. about it. That yeah. would take, take seven it. hours yeah. to eat, eat, eat well, just a small bowl of potato soup. think we are. <laughs> I, think we're, st- I think we're, de- we're in the dating equivalent of seven just hours. This analogy got more real and more jarring. Yeah. Well, Ugh, I'm, I'm so s- sick. I'm still <laughs> not paying
1: for a spoon. I can tell you that, for
2: yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, I still have... I tend to agree. I still would have a hard time paying
0: for dating. Gosh dang it, I love you guys. All right. Okay, let's Twenty get th-
2: bucks to get married? Seems like a lot. <laughs> How much are rings going for these days? Just out of curiosity. That's a whole lot. Can't be more than twenty bucks,
0: right? Yeah. JK girls. Four Cs, we know. Oh jeez. Yeah. I'm not there's I don't think there's any way I'm spending more than four thousand on the engagement ring. If she thinks that's gonna happen and that's a deal breaker, then I'm gonna save myself a lot of holes in my wallet moving forward so i I don't know I feel like
2: if a nice ring is what it's gonna take I, I think I'd be willing to, to pull the trigger on that
0: <laughs> maybe I don't know I, I shouldn't even be thinking about that and create, yeah, I creating we gotta, non-existent stipulations yeah, we've got a few things we got to get straightened out before we're
2: worried about the price tag <laughs> right. of the ring probably
0: alright well I don't know how to transition out of this exactly <laughs> so maybe I will have to do a fake ad at some point um my boys are here to talk specifically news in the Utah and BYU world because I want to pick their brains. John is a hybrid, so Casey obviously we've established is a diehard. He is a a Ute through and through, dyed in the wool, right? He's going to hell. I mean, that's that that's that, that he days. has he has embraced that path, and that's okay. I respect it. Tough scene, you know. Yeah. It's like I'm a, I'm willing to have somebody in my life that is openly wanting to go to hell and just owning it. Like I'm Absolutely. a Utah fan, and like that's that absolutely so yeah be a lot
2: of fun to have around yep yeah exactly
0: exactly like the the debauchery is just like who knows where it's headed who knows so yeah. I'm, the, I'm the
2: jack mormon of fandom <laughs> yeah you're I'm the one that told. like
0: you tow the line you're the hybrid you went to byu you you liked byu conveniently in some of their best football years in the past 20 years sure whatever well that happened to be
2: when i was a student there. and then yes yeah, so i went to byu was like full byu fan while i was a student which happened to line up with like the Max Hall. John Beck, Max Hall. Andy years. John Beck. Era. I guess really Max
0: Hall because you were on your mission for yeah, John Beck. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, like, yeah. Max Hall era. Um, yeah. Some good wins there. So, I was a BYU fan the last time BYU beat Utah. So, maybe that's something the BYU nice. fan should be thinking about courting me back if forever. they ever want to oh, yeah. win a, win a game real. in that rivalry. Uh, and then... After I graduated from BYU, I went to the U for a year and graduated there. That's right. And then you're, since then, I've lived in Salt Lake down. and lived with friends that are Utah fans, and it has just been easier to be a Utah fan, frankly, for location and like attending games purposes, and also, frankly, the independence decision was a big part of it for me, because actually feeling like really? that yeah, just pushed you away then a little bit. I mean I think it probably would have gone that way anyway. So you're a, so, so that
0: sounds like you actually love the conference championship idea, right? I mean I like the
2: idea of having something to play for. Going to games again like Utah football games against USC and Washington that matter for winning the conference or winning your division and getting to a championship game have been like some of the most fun games I've attended in the last decade. So there is definitely There's definitely to something to like yeah. Having something to play for in your conference, and there being a difference between non-conference games and
0: conference. But I think games. it's safe to say it wasn't that decision that pushed you away. No. Oh, it was no, essentially no. the. No. It was a factor. The ramifications that came from that decision that kind of like made it so you're like, "BYU just doesn't isn't that interesting Yeah, what anymore. am I
2: what am I cheering for? Like a yeah, fig- unless a they're a un- Bowl victory, exactly. Or a- unless
0: they're undefeated. It, their, their season is uninteresting by game six, in your mind. Frankly, and that makes sense for a lot of people that were already kind of towing that line anyway. Yeah, right? and that, yeah, t- yeah. to that point. I Which I gonna, never was, so I was obviously in anyway. Sure. It didn't matter.
3: Yeah. Exactly. So I, oh, go
1: ahead. I was going to say, the other truth of it is, too, is, is he'd moved back up here in, like, 2013, mm-hmm. and the guys that we were all living with were all massive Utah fans. We all go to the games, and... Yeah. that was some really good Utah basketball days. Yeah. And it was also some really right. – It was kind of when Utah football started to swing back uh, in the right direction. Um, and so, obviously, that that's what we were talking about all fall and winter. And so, you know, when you're surrounded by nothing but Utah fans, then it's yeah. easily – And we
2: lived 10 minutes to the stadiums. We'd go to the games. Yeah. And it was – yeah, it was the DeLon – it was the Delon Kuzma Pirtle basketball I was gonna teams. say who were like it, it, was, must have, it must
0: have been Delon Wright and Kuzma. because yeah. I was gonna say that was post Bogut for sure. Oh okay. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, <laughs> I love, I that was all you, sort Jason. of in the right time you, man. Man. <laughs>
2: of being more of a Utah fan. Then I came back from my mission. And actually, frankly, like growing up, a lot of my friends that I like lived around all had like season tickets to the football games. So I went to a bunch of Utah football games in that area, too. Anyway. Yada, yada, yada. I definitely don't cheer against BYU. I, I knew that. Yeah. I cheer for BYU, except for when they're playing the U. I feel like I have room in my heart for both schools, as they're both a part of me. Casey's shaking his head because he totally disagrees. But, so I, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I would say, a fan of both, but frankly, I also don't have time to like learn or know about as much about BYU as I do about the U. So yeah, that sort of informs my fandom in that I'm more familiar with, like, the comings and goings of, like, the football roster that of the U than I am of BYU at this
0: point. Um, Just this is to set the stage. Here. For sure, yeah, and I appreciate that. I kind of oh, – this is a little bit tangential, but come on. I mean, this is what it's for. Free-flowing. Yeah, exactly. I – I'm definitely more like casey in that regard obviously like i basically hate the the you as much like as much as he hates byu right that's how it is and i and i respect it like i like that yeah. and i think you respect that about me too but then there are times it's weird where i think about how it's like the reason why I like BYU to some degree is because I like a lot of the guys that play for their school because of who they are, you know, the ones that grew up BYU fans or whatever, right? And they're, like, generally good people, I believe, generally, right? Sure. Now, you're going to find massive exceptions to that, the Rancheritos fight, which I think needs to be a whole podcast on its own once I'm just analyzing that whole thing. Um, <laughs> That's going to need to be a video. That would need to be a gonna video. Because we're going to have to draw it up, like, a Yeah, exactly. Like, just there's jackasses galore everywhere. BYU yeah. is no exception to that. I'm yeah, like fully sure. aware of that. Um, but I do like a lot. There are a lot of guys where I'm like, now nah, he's just a good person, right? I've mentioned it before. I'll say it again. Like, Taysom brings out a certain thing in me where, like, yeah, I'm a little gay-some for Taysom. Sure. Like, it just is what it is. Well, he's um, a $140 million quarterback now. Exactly, Why not? Why couldn't you? Exactly. I mean, I feel very justified <laughs> in my... Sentiment towards him, and it's, it's uncontrollable. I guess I was just kind of that's just the way I am, whatever. But, um, but when you put that into perspective, there is no other team that's more similar to BYU in that regard than Utah. Funny enough, right? They share a state, they're 50 miles away from each other, they have a lot of the same makeup of a player that goes there. I mean. Utah is like what fifty percent return missionaries generally. Not not to say just because you're a return missionary you're a good person because there are so so many missionaries that are idiots while they're missionaries. Let alone return. Sure. missionaries. They're definitely
2: the two schools that have to deal with like the mission dynamic. Yeah, the and there's
0: and I do I do want to believe that at a base level there's a sense of decorum for guys that dedicate two years of their life to do that right. And mm. but, uh, maybe I'm biased because I was one of those, but I be- I believe that basically my whole life. And Utah's chock full of guys like that, so it's like. And when I put that into perspective, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't hate these guys as much as I do, but at the end of the day, I just, I do. No,
1: that's the point of a rivalry. Yeah, I know, exactly. The, the purpose of a rivalry yeah. is not to actually...
0: Right, it's not, like, it's it's not, not hate. Personal. It's sports hate. Yeah, exactly, it's not personal. Yeah. The, that's a, if it was personal, and, we wouldn't even be friends. And the,
1: rea- the reality <laughs> is, though I love to watch BYU lose, it's one of my favorite things when... BYU loses a big game, yeah. or even better, BYU loses a game they should absolutely win. Just the <laughs> treachery that. that's on Twitter is one of my favorite things to like I don't sit on the sidelines and watch. Yeah. But the the truth of it is, uh, I would actually prefer BYU to be awesome, so that we, as Utah, can be the one <laughs> to rip your hopes. Yeah, I feel I like there's that. nothing better than yeah than. You all thinking coming into the game. Well, you think that delusionally, anyways. But <laughs> no, no, uh, never fails. But <laughs> that being said, if you have a ten and 0 season or are yeah. pre preseason ranked in the top twenty five, and you lose, and, and we come in there and beat you, there, there's nothing better. I love that. I love to be the team that takes away all of your hope. That was the Zach Wilson's freshman
2: year, right? First game of the year. Right, Utah came in that for like it was the first game of the year. Right, Francis had transferred. There's a lot of animosity. I feel like in that game, yeah, yeah, uh, it is Utah came with Francis in. Francis Bernard, by the way, blew the doors. Open. I hate well, it was close, I guess going into the That's fourth quarter, but
1: completely fine. <laughs> yeah. He was a great you <laughs> My goodness, you know God, what's but, not yeah. personal?
2: The Nakua brothers. God bless. Adios. You, guys, you all... guys,
0: we'll get to that in a sec. I think, but maybe maybe now is the time. You guys have told me that like you didn't care about Samson leaving, and I was like. I remember watching Samson play for Utah, and I'm like, he's good. Like, In fact, I remember thinking if Puka is supposed to be better than this guy, then Puka is going to be incredible because Samson is, is really, really solid. I thought. Now, granted, I is not watching him every game, obviously, so what am I missing? I mean, he's fine. He was like the third or fourth option in the passing game. So it's like it just feels
2: like, all right. And How many receiving yards what, what, was he getting? Like, Who, who can say? This isn't a stats podcast. No, you're uh, right. This is not. Well, I he counted. I, I, count- I, I think he counted for
1: team. roughly around like 30 to 20% of all passing yards for the U. But, That's really uh, solid. What I would actually prefer is a, a less. What I want for Utah this season is for Solomon Enos and Britton Covey and Jalen Dixon. Uh, and Brent Keithy to just be the four. Well, like, I want those four out there on every single play. Yeah. And I and I trust Solomon Enos way more than I trust uh, Samson Naku. Yeah, I, I, I just frankly trust him way more to go catch a 50-50 ball. So I, I want my three core receivers out there. And the one thing I hate about, you know, how Utah does their wide receivers is they rotate them in and out. They're yeah. always rotating, you know, from play to play. Yeah, the two and I feel like the, the wide receivers can never get an actual rhythm of the play. So the fact that now that it's a limited depth chart with wide receivers and more of the pressure falls on Covey and Enos and Dixon, Maybe I that's feel, a good thing I feel, though. I feel way better about that. Um, yeah. Have just having to
2: rely on those guys. And obviously depth is never a bad thing. Exactly. But, uh, just for reference, Nakua, his two years, he played consistently. He had 360 yards, 330 yards. And five and four touchdowns. You're right.
3: That's not stellar. And
2: 18 catches and 31 catches.
3: Like, it's okay. So, yeah, it's a few like catches a game. It's, it's, it's a great touchdown supporting every actor, other
2: right, or whatever. But that's, right? he was not a crucial role yeah. in offense. interesting.
0: Um, and probably the offense,
2: not irreplaceable, the... like, uh, production. Because I don't think his, like, traits were anything, like, irreplaceable.
1: The, the Utah offense is still going to be surrounded around running the football. Yeah. And then hitting play action Wait, passes with Brent what Keefe. What happened to Covey? I mean, he's still he's just good. Been, he's been oh, hurt. He's you been didn't hurt watch last year because he was awesome. He's been oh a- he was oh Covey in the last four. You're games, right. I didn't
0: watch last year at all. Like the COVID season was so weird to me. Oh. I didn't really have a general interest in watching the Pac-12 just play each sure. other. Sure. You know, and and that went for pretty much every conference. Um, oh Like yeah. just playing each other was so boring to me. I mean. In, unless it was yeah, a huge game. It was game. a weird year. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I agree. Covey, so was Covey back, did great last Covey year. Covey was back I'm to actually his pre-AC. Yeah, he was back to his pre-AC I, so. I actually really do like Covey. Covey's like a Weddle to me. Like, how do you oh, hate those guys? I love him. I mean, but, obviously, <laughs> a lot of my love for Weddle came after. I didn't hate Weddle. I just didn't really know about him. Yeah. And then when I got to know the guy, I'm like, man, what a good person. Yeah, Weddle's a great guy. Hard to not to cheer for. Right?
2: The Mount Rushmore. The funny thing is, actually, exactly to your point... When I think of last season, I'm thinking of the season that ended in Utah losing in the Pac-12 championship game. I, like don't even think about the like COVID season. It like mm-hmm. doesn't even feel like oh that was the last season. Like that feels like an extended like spring ball yeah. or something different. Well, that
0: actually reminds me of what I did want to say is like when you talk about how much you love seeing BYU lose, like no I, I made a crack on Twitter. I can't even remember what I said, but it did piss off a couple of my Utah fan buddies, which I do, generally like that genuinely does like I feel like that's I, like a warms your heart to do that. No, I actually don't want to piss you guys off while you're already down. Because here's <laughs> the thing, I really don't. I really don't. That's not a goal. <clears> yeah, <throat> I was more of kind of being like funny to my BYU friends. But it's like maybe that's a, maybe I should do that on a different medium. I can't remember what I said. Parler, I don't think it was like particularly more, biting, but it was the lot more BYU fans It like was Parler, the uh, Oregon game. Oh, when I can't remember what I said, but I was like, honestly, this is like. I can't. It was something along the lines of like being the greatest day for BYU football. Oh, or I, I remember the tweet. What did I say? <laughs> okay, so set the scene again. You're in Santa Clara. Santa Clara's a terrible uh, stadium and everything. You're in a. It's a. You're. It's raining. If I'm not mistaken. It was, it was raining. Yeah. So
3: so
1: that's a that so a they come out and Oregon just beats the living crap out of us. It wasn't Really, for quote. the first
2: time all year, that defense got punched in the mouth. Yeah, the defense got punched in the mouth.
1: Julian Blackman tore his ACL in MC Like, he tore up his entire knee within the first quarter. Mm.
2: Covey and got hurt going into that game.
1: No, Covey yeah. got hurt coming out of halftime. But it was just a butt-kicking. It was an absolute butt-kicking. And admittedly, all Utah fans, we were riding high. We had Rose Bowl on our mind. Why wouldn't you? We like, actually had national football, yeah, potentially, like playoff, college football playoffs playoff yeah, on yeah, our
0: mind, on and we got it. W- it Would have been tough. That wasn't. That was quite the uphill battle. But it, w- it was w- not w- out of the realm. The way things shook out, if it I wasn't. Right.
2: It, yeah, it was po- definitely a possibility. It was definitely right. a possibility, Even like with hindsight. And oh, but, I, d- I actually don't remember that. But and yeah. I'm the
1: type of fan, like I said, I'm diehard. I don't leave. Like I do not leave the game until the until the.
0: I actually don't either. The zeros. I don't leave.
1: And so I sit there in misery. And we're sitting in the stadium and it's half empty. I'm in a poncho getting poured on. And then I open up my phone and read this freaking tweet from Harper being like, This is the greatest day of BYU season and I I about lost it.
3: <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Let me honestly I told I actually
1: it was either you or our friend Andy and I was like, Harper, I'm gonna kill him. I
2: feel like I remember <laughs> <It's> like, like <laughs> texting uh, tweet to each other. We yeah. didn't want to like respond on Twitter, but we were we were living about it like off off. Uh, this is
0: actually the first time I'm hearing this. It doesn't surprise me. I legitimately, no joke, I legitimately feel bad, and allow me to apologize. <laughs> With that said, it's all right. we're over it. Here's the thing: if I there's, don't there's want, retribution I don't, that needs to be made at some time on Twitter, by all means, I actually don't want your Twitter apology you because that I <laughs> don't want your apology because that's what makes a rivalry fun. I know, I know, because we
1: can I can sports hate you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. Sports yeah, I can. I can be like yeah. that Harbor guy. Yeah. With that said, though, because what I was gonna say is I obviously love seeing Utah get their asses kicked Absolutely. in situations yeah. like that. That's like prime, right? Yeah. And you can relate to that. Um, I mean,
1: UCLA beating BYU but, in the first round. Yeah, exactly. I got as much yeah, enjoyment out I, of that, fact,
0: dude. I totally get it. Yeah, I freaking. What I don't like, because I love my friends, and I mean that, and I don't mean to be get sentimental, but it's like, it does suck for you guys, and I acknowledge that. So it's not like I'm sitting there like happy that you guys yeah, are sad. I, mean, right? I think right? rational people
2: can like, I think disassociate I from, those. Yeah, things. I don't really like, need to.
0: Yeah, like clarify. I don't feel advice, like
2: you're sure. you're getting joy in our pain. There's no. But at, at the same time, you're enjoying Utah losing. Yeah, I think which can, is your pain. Yeah, so I think it's like we weird, can like, like intellectually <laughs> separate those. Yeah. Things. yeah.
1: If you sign up for being a psycho sports fan like myself, like you're signing up for yeah. misery. Like you if know you're, what you're getting yourself so If around. you're
2: traveling to right. game, right? If you're like following the yeah. team around. Yeah. If you're that invested, if you're spending time. Yeah. yeah. That much time so, and money. This is,
0: a, this is a self-choice. You know what's actually funny about all this? The Being friends with you guys, like just like having legit like great friends that are huge fans of the team that I loathe helps... Put, keep things in perspective for me about my own team because it's like mm. this is like you know no and I'm not even kidding like you guys help you not be so like delusional. Now, granted, I don't think I was naturally inclined to be delusional anyway. Yeah, but this has helped. It really mm. has. Love that. So interesting. Thank you. Love that. But all right. So <laughs> that's a funny little tidbit. But do we have more to say on this? Uh, oh, actually, no. I wanted to ask this. I wanted to ask this. This actually. We're at 42 minutes right now, so it's already not looking good in terms of time. Well, oh, there's, there's I actually edits think this out. is going to be more interesting than talking about Zach Wilson's Pro Day and your guys' new basketball coach hire. Okay. And we don't have to take that long uh, talking about those anyway, but I do still want to get to them. I actually would love to hear, very quickly, like, your top three, maybe, most hated BYU players ever as well as loved. Just and the loved one we don't I don't want to spend a lot of time on because that's not as fun. But and I'll even I'll share I'll try and share some of my top 3 most mm. hated Utah players over the years. I Feel
2: like I could probably <sighs> make a list for both. Uh well, by all means, you're, you're going to have to help me recall. Like you the hybrid.
1: You you're actually going to help me need to help me like recall some names here. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm sure you can. Yeah. Uh, number 1 on my list of just absolute hated him was Matt Hanson. What? Travis Hanson? Travis Hanson. Basketball player. that looked like Eminem? Chair, yeah, that looked Travis like Eminem. Really? Oh my gosh, he was the worst. I could not stand that guy. He was everything I hated about BYU. Wait, so what is that Just exactly? like this like holier-than-thou attitude but just he a punk. but had his, oh, he had but his his, was like, such a punk Asian character
2: tattoo too, yeah, yeah. Like... he had his little, oh, yeah, little tattoo yeah. and he was
1: such a but f- actually he did freaking. get drafted right like
0: he did he got drafted the thing, by the yeah. Hawks yeah but he was dirty yeah, he He's, was a great defender, but with that means uh, he was probably dirty. Uh, let's be honest. He just drove me. In. Honestly, the best defenders are some of the dirtiest players. That's like players the Jazz
2: Stockton description. Like, if yeah, you're they, a Jazz fan? Great defender. Anyone else in the league? Oh, the dirt. Sure. Uh, well, and that gosh.
0: was freaking. What's his bucket? Bowtie guy. Now that's an analyst. Gary Bowen. Bowen. Bruce Bowen. Bruce. Sorry, Bruce Bowen. Mm-hmm. Bruce well, he invented
2: Bowen. the like slide your feet under exactly. The guy the He's
0: known shot. as one of the greatest defenders in the NBA in but recent history. Super dirty. Also one of the dirtiest. So those two things coexist. Yeah, totally. But anyway. Um Travis Hansen that's a funny one. That's a good pull. I would well, not have well here's the thing. The you, you, you
1: have to remember like in my fandom as a Utah fan like I date back to uh University of Utah basketball. Right. And so I was going to games when I was 5 6. That was basically 7 pre, years old. That before. was Free how you final were formed. Yeah, like, final four I runs. worship like Rick Majerus. I love that yeah. man. Like the you know, the ugly sweater. Like yeah. I love him. So you have to remember it everything that i am as a utah fan is completely rooted in utah basketball that makes sense so travis hanson for 4 years was just a terrorist well and he and that was also <laughs> the
2: immediately post majeris success what? era right that was like early 2000s yeah, I don't right.
0: really remember. I don't fact, remember that, when that was. When Utah BYU was actually coming into its own in terms of like competing yeah, against Utah. Yeah, again. yeah. and BYU,
2: yeah. Utah wasn't bad, but it was a step down from going to the Final Four, in the oh, National Championship, and sure. then BYU's rising. And BYU was on the upswing. Yeah, yeah. and so that like he was the, kind of the Kelly Wesley that. days and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So oh. I was gonna say my most hated, and these were actually, well, no, this would have been more like Utah fan era. Trent Place did <laughs> basketball.
0: That's a funny one because I would generally think that the most hated BYU players. There's almost like a an inverse correlation where they're the most loved generally by BYU fans, and I feel like Trent Pleistid wasn't really like highly loved. Yeah. Granted, I was on my mission for he might part not of have that, been. but I didn't. Yeah, think I was too. It was kind of whatever. Mm, I
2: was too. Um, and then uh, uh, Arujo, Hoffa. Really? That's an. He bugged me. See, that's another one too. Where like, i was. I don't, like, yeah, well, yeah, I don't think he's like, like a fan favorite. Well, and I
0: think <laughs> the reason why is because. For for me at least, and I think this is pretty representative of a lot of BYU fans, probably just fans in general of their teams. We love the guys that seem like BYU guys, right? Like they only wanted sure. to come there, yeah. like they and were probably just like, neither of like them that's why Jake Heaps though. was so loved to a point, yeah, right. And then he flamed out, and one of my we put awesome. Jake Heaps, Heaps on the favorites favorite list. Yeah, yeah we'll get to that then. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> uh-huh. Um... But, uh, like, Playstead wasn't, like, a BYU guy. Sure, Like, no. he, and, like, um, like Arugio Brazil. obviously wasn't a BYU guy coming from Brazil and stuff like that. And like,
2: This is funny. I'm realizing the list of BYU basketball players I really dislike is much longer than football. That is McKellie interesting. McKellie Wesley's on the list. Uh, I don't blame you for that one. I did
3: love Nick McKellie Henry. Wesley. But McKellie Wesley, I... Oh,
1: Nick Amory,
0: Like
2: uh but funny, know, that's so. where
0: BYU fans and Utah fans can agree that's yeah, interesting because yeah. that's rare because Nick Emery I oh someone else I is, despise Nick Emery I despise thing. Nick Emery yeah I think I have gone after Nick Emery on Twitter if you, you guys probably have yeah. seen that yeah which is like so stupid for me to even say that on a podcast <laughs> but like I mean I was like legit like dude you just need to shut up and go write a blog with terrible grammar again yeah like Nick Emery's a joke, dude. When he came after BYU, like coaching staff now for being like toxic or whatever, for getting yeah. I wanna say it was what's his bucket? It was uh the curly haired guy, Caleb Lohner. Is I think it was when maybe I'm wrong on that, but it was a fairly big recruit, decided to come to BYU and he's like, duh, you'll hate it, man, they're terrible. But the good luck. And you're just like, shut up, dude. Yeah. Anyway, sorry that was tangential. As our most anyway, just as
2: I've been thinking about like the the list of basketball players, is definitely because I'm having a hard time coming up with too many. Well, you you players. had this hated
0: Max Hall, but that's maybe too generic. I don't know.
1: Well, see, that was when I was I was
2: a Oh, that's true. His role, so not
0: so you, like, but what about Casey?
1: Um, no, Austin is ahead of Max Hall. Max Hall for sure.
0: Do you did you ever see the photo shoot of Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, and Austin Colley? No. Oh, you need to see that. Oh, I'm sure, I'd hate it. It's. No, no, no. You'd almost love it because I hate it. Because, like. <laughs> is it, like, centered it is... around
2: the quest for perfection sort of a situation? No, or? it was. I can't remember what they were. That was, for. that was maybe. I don't even think career. it was
0: BYU branded. Like, I don't think this a was a BYU sensual. Oh, wow. It was, like, somebody just got them to take pictures and they, like, looked. No joke. It's like they looked like a. Uh, We're talking low budget boy band
3: like sick yeah, yeah like i think i think their collars thing. were popped oh, like my. it was
2: awful well for that era probably like uh like two polo shirts yeah
0: could, Both have been, could collars collars popped absolutely been yeah the undershirt polo um, shirt um
1: anyway so um you asked for my top 3 yeah and i think i've been able to figure it out okay so travis Hansen, uh-huh number 1 uh, i had a great career in russia by the way i don't know if you knew
2: yeah that. he went and like, like he played in the NBA for like a year or two only, but then he had yeah, been in Europe for a long
0: didn't time didn't do anything in the NBA. Went to Russia and had like a very very solid career out there. The very kind of strange, yeah. The pre Jimmer, yeah, the, the for, forward nation for Jimmer to China. Maybe. That's right, yeah. Which you know I'm such a huge fan of,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, Austin Collie, he's number two.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: Magic happens, man. <laughs> oh, it's man. right there in the intro. Oh, man, man. Right. y'all heard it. Yeah, Austin Collie
1: <laughs> is. Just the worst, um, and um, and then I'd probably probably say Max Hall. Actually, yeah, he's probably top three.
0: So two football, one basketball.
1: If I went back into the basketball archives, who, was the, who was the coach's? who's the coach's son? Uh, For uh,
0: BYU, Robbie Reed, Robbie
1: Reed, Randy Reed. Two yeah. Of them. yeah, two of them. Yeah, the Reed think- brother. The Reed Brothers By the way, old.
0: I think Robbie Reed is like he's like relevant somewhere in the Utah scene. He's like around again. I've seen him like tweet like I think he's single and stuff and I'm like, this feels weird. Yeah, I, I could go
1: I could go without never hearing the Reed name again.
3: Yeah.
1: That's and and again, like my childhood. Right. Yeah. Like so when you're younger you're you're gonna be more, way more obsessive of, of being a fan. And yeah. so, like, Travis Hansen and the Reed brothers are just... I'm, I'm carrying like, those it's over. It's just burned into your... It's just yeah, burned into my memory of how psyche. much I absolutely
0: yeah. dislike um, Okay, guys. So, for me, the first one that comes to mind, and we already talked about him, is Francis Bernard. Like, no joke. I, like... I. That guy, I had a visceral reaction hmm. seeing that guy in the field like celebrating the way he did, and how he got like two interceptions. pick oh, six, six, man! Pick yeah. six. I'm just like, freaking screw that guy. Yeah, loved it. Pick like, six to like ice the game. His because right? and especially with like the way he flamed out at BYU was so pathetic, and like sure. I don't know if you guys ever heard the recording. It was actually, if you ask me, a v- terrible referendum on Kalani, which was when he like the, the some freaking beta jackass. <laughs> Is recording the conversation that he's having with Francis Bernard because there's some partying going on it's like some manager of the apartment has like a recording in his shirt Uh. and it's there Francis Bernard like begging him not to call the cops because if there's an altercation then like he's gonna call and he even tells him he's like just call my coach and I guess there might have been alcohol involved for like the seventh time with him yeah and he's like no call my coach call my coach like just talk to him and I'm like sitting here thinking how is that not bigger news that Francis Bernard is saying, Call my coach so that way it, 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 it kind of sounds like a, exactly an implication to yeah. sweep things under the rug. But if you get the moment you get the police involved, obviously that's that's open to the public, right? Anybody yeah. can look into that, yeah. And then it becomes it's going to be out of the coach exactly. Then all of a sudden, sense. Kalani doesn't have as much control over the situation, yeah. so that does look bad for Kalani. That's
1: yeah, but, yeah, but to Kalani's credit, I, I think that's. That's probably just Francis's like desperation in the
2: situation. Well, no. Like, like, well, yeah. I, I
1: think that's universally something that happens with athletes, and I would also say that happened a lot during the Lavelle Edwards era.
0: No, I know, and that's that's and, what. And I, so it's just kind yeah, of like a yeah, character. Well, and era. that was, that's,
1: era, like all, you know.
0: And is well, it
1: any different than, than anything
2: that that's the, the any juxtaposition? Percent-
0: that, well, that's right. the contrast you saw with. So obviously Kalani's a Lavelle guy, right? Yeah. He that's that's how he knows BYU. That's how he came into the whole culture. So he's obviously kind of trying to extend off of that culture, but even in the same way Lavelle did, it sounds like, which is so anti Bronco, right? right? Yep. Bronco was not at all that way, yep. clearly. Um, which here's the thing.
1: In turn, I like I'm actually for saying call my coach, whatever. Mm-hmm. I if they need to call the cops, whatever, call the cops, but. I don't know if you've ever heard Nick Saban's rant on, on on like, helping kids learn from their mistake within the program. It, it's worth your time.
0: It, yeah. It's really good. Where he what, talks about, what, like, kids is, are going to make mistakes. What platform is he doing that on? Oh, is it in, like a press, in a press conference? conference. Yeah. yeah, in a oh, press conference. Okay. It's really interesting. That is. And yeah. I I lean on that side. Well, I've even said, like, I actually do think for honor code violations... There's, yeah,
2: there's a difference here with BYU, right? Where you, you yeah. got to split out honor code versus like well,
0: truly like legal requirement. Y'all want to hear a hot situation. take that I have, by the way, when it comes so. to BYU and how they discipline, <laughs> how they discipline their players for the honor code. Believe it or not, I'm a believer that I think there should actually be harsher punishments doled out. Now, this is all relative, so I'm not saying that it should be inverted. And it, it, when you are drinking, for example, that it shouldn't just be a game suspension or whatever, because that seems to generally be the case, right? Mm-hmm. When they are caught drinking or whatever, or confess, or however that works, that it's like basically a game suspension. I think everybody kind of believes that, and it seems to be true, yeah. Versus having sex outside of marriage, I think I'm not saying they should be completely inverted on how those are doled out, but I do think. Contextually, you can make the argument that drinking can actually be a bigger problem because down at BYU, in freaking Provo, Milk Toast Provo, you have to seek out situations where alcohol is a thing, right? You have to be friends with people that are doing wrong things or whatever, right? In in the eyes of BYU. Hood rat thing with their friends. Exactly. Doing hood rat things with their friends. So to me, that's more of an indictment on like how they are, like, the people they're surrounding themselves with, which is generally, like, in contrast with what BYU wants in terms of the honor code, versus, say, for example, now, this is just... There are many contexts to this, but a guy has a girlfriend, they screw up. Yeah. And they, he gets a year suspension for doing so. Like, in the case of Jamal Williams, I think that's that was a possibility. Now, granted, you can... Then throw in Brandon Davies' situation, and be like, well, that clearly wasn't the case. He got like two girls pregnant, and like was He had a girlfriend at the time, and neither of the girls he got pregnant were the two girls. So you're just like, oh, that's a mess. Like yeah. Brandon Davies needed to, he didn't even sit out a year. He came back the next season. So I don't even understand. He sat out. He sat out a postseason run.
2: That felt like enough punishment. That and
0: it, you know what it was. It cost but, you probably <laughs> at
2: least an elite eight, if not a final four. Like
0: I, what I'm the argument I'm making is that obviously not all of these rule breakings or whatever they're doing these actions are created equal and so to just kind of have this general rule of just drinking gets this much sex yeah. outside of marriage gets this much i kind of have a problem with that's my hot take and i feel like at some point if a, if a guy screws up with his girlfriend you maybe should be like you yeah, know maybe that is a game suspension because like they're they're taught to actually be in a romantic situation that is not at all against an honor code and then it gets taken too far, obviously, is is problematic, right? We we believe that in, in, in the gospel context, but... Versus being at a party with... Right. Drinking I feel like being at a party and drinking is way worse than some guy taking t- things too far with his girlfriend. I do. Well, I think the other thing, too, is I don't think the honor code is interested in, like,
2: splitting hairs like that and then having to, like... Adjudicate. Oh, this was his girlfriend, so it's not as big a deal. But they can
0: because they never have to actually go public with what it was. I guess,
2: but to me, it seems like BYU and maybe not the honor code office in specifics, but BYU and the church in general, the board of directors of BYU, which is the general leaders of the church, like is not interested in like that may be true. Adjudicating levels of transgression and how it's how it's
1: disciplined. I'd like to know. go on the record here, uh, saying that I'll plead the fifth yeah, on all honor interested. code situations. <laughs> and as a Utah You're fan, I'm very grateful we don't have it. <laughs> and also, I love Jamal Williams, and I think he got a bad deal. So Jamal Williams is like one of my favorite BYU players. Ever. Oh, is that right? And I love. Jamal. Well, let's let's extend. Well, that's that another thing. one. How
0: could you not love Jamal? Yeah, I agree so. with that. Uh, how? Who else do you like? Then what are who else is on that list?
1: Uh, Jamal yeah, Williams. Taysom Hill. You do like Taysom. I love Taysom. Uh, I I think Taysom, uh, while he never beat Utah, so love that.
0: uh, (laughs) You got pretty damn close, at least. Well, a couple, you know,
1: you know, know, half a yard short, but that's here nor there. That by the Uh, way, that play call, call. that (laughs) play call was egregious, man. You had a
0: three tool player. Oh, I'm well. Aware and you him. gave him one tool. Yeah, I'm. Are you freaking free. kidding yeah, me? Yeah, it's great. Um, and
1: uh, I, I've always respected Kyle Van I think Kyle Van Noy was one of the best defensive players. I remember watching him and thinking, I wish he played for the U. Yeah, he's sick. Yeah, he was awesome. Well, and and it. And he was how every, much? He how was much of,
0: everywhere. How much of being a Pats fan played into that too? I'm not that Pats no, fan. He doesn't. Oh, that's right. You're not a Pats fan. A Pats fan. No,
1: this was during. Yeah, this is yeah. while he played. Okay. I remember thinking cool. like he's everywhere. Yeah. I would love to have that speed on Utah. Yeah. Okay. I so, was when he go.
2: came to the Pats before anything ever happened. I was super stoked because I remember like knew from college like I, he's got the tools, and if anyone can help him figure it out in the NFL, it's gonna be Bill. Yeah. So that was like I was super stoked when he ended up signing with New England. Fun fact: I flew home from Super Bowl Fifty One with sister Vanoy.
0: We sat one row apart. So Instagram model, whatever yeah. she was like miss model i think she's missed something. i think she might have been miss utah i don't she think she miss won State miss utah i think she competed in miss utah don't quote me on that okay. um all right well that's I, I find that very interesting now let's get to the origin of this episode specifically which let's was zach wilson's pro day yep uh um, future
2: hall of famer zach wilson
0: what are your guys' thoughts as Utah fans? I I feel like I had something specific to ask you in that regard, but uh, there. I mean, I'm not even I'm not even going to ask this question, even though you're going to hear it, because I think we all understand it. There's no question Zach Wilson would not be in the position he's in right now had he gone to Utah. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, you guys have made it. haven't been at like made. It's no secret how you guys feel about basically Utah's offense and the coordinators and everything and how the. Quarterbacks just don't seem to really thrive in specific ways that would lend itself to be high draft picks and really looked at in certain apps. Well, I think it's interesting
2: <laughs> to kind of play the hypotheticals. Sure. But the other interesting thing is, like, play it forward. Like, BYU's 2020 season, what it ended up being with COVID versus Utah's, was certainly conducive to him. Yeah. Like, absolutely. showcasing everything, too, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I mean, he and played 12 or 13 games
0: instead the, of six. That's the biggest that's- question mark, man. His competition was so bad. So, and yeah. this is what I was so thinking about, So this is too. into
2: the next, is like, let's get yeah. into the So, evaluation. and this is what
0: I actually had the thought this last weekend, where it was like, there are a lot more questions marks with him due to his competition, but really, what it takes is a keen eye for identifying the true quarterback mechanics. And personally, and I don't, obviously I'm no talent scout, but I did see a huge improvement in that regard pretty much from game one with Zach Wilson. I was like, there are some passes that I didn't ever see him make yep. that do look like more than just luck and good fortune. Sure. Like, he's actually, the way he moves his body, the strength is there. Like, he clearly, I mean, I don't know if you guys heard, but he spent a lot of time in San Diego with Drew Brees. Yeah, crazy yeah, mm. crazy. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. I, I wish that would have been reported. Yeah, like, I know. It really pretty went pretty under pretty, the radar. Pretty, yeah. pretty cool yeah. to hear about yeah. So let me
1: give some credit to Zach Wilson first as a, as a f- mm-hmm. Utah fan. Um... He had a season where he did absolutely everything that he was supposed to do, right? He played against... And uh, that was asked of him. And that was asked of him. He was playing against lesser uh, competition than what they were scheduled with, and he absolutely tore it up. Like, he he blitzed the competition, right? And and as an athlete, you can only do what's put out in front of you, right? Yeah. And to that also point, uh, in terms of his projections as an NFL quarterback, there has been plenty of really great quarterbacks that played in Division Two. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl and he played Division Two, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so the but the, is, but the, is Joe Flacco elite? I mean, he won a Super Bowl. <laughs> PFT. PFT Comics, yeah, <laughs> is he elite? Well, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Or he Super played, Bowl? I mean, and he played in the and he played in the league in right? twelve yeah. years. No, I know. I'm just
2: kidding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I 100% agree with you, Flacco, about about Car- Carson Wentz. So like. Hey, Which jury's still out on Carson Wentz, but sure, yeah, but he
2: had one at least one MVP level
0: season that Obviously, Nick Foles took over that and got Nick the Foles Super Bowl. then won the Super Bowl. But I mean, oh, you, you, he, could, you could you could really credit the system there to yeah. Like a I mean, could, So this is getting to what
2: like is the true aspect of like evaluating quarterbacks. And Absolutely, I think plenty of quarterbacks that were busts had a chance to be great and just did never find a good. That's hundred percent. Yeah, and I think I think the best example of it currently is Darnold, right? The, well, and that's the thing to replace. It's like,
0: dude, like do we really want him to go to the Jets because you're, I actually don't think Donald is a bad quarterback. This is
1: exactly the point. Exactly. Like, the, like, we, go ahead. we just don't know. We don't yeah. know if he's going to be a great NFL quarterback because so much of you becoming a great NFL quarterback is all about who your head coach is, who your offensive coordinator yeah. is, and what type of talent
0: they surround you with.
1: Yeah. And the system that they put you in.
0: If in if the 49ers are able to finagle anything He's going to be awesome. There, that would that would be that would be great, That's right, great yeah. scenario. Think of the yeah. difference
2: of going two to the Jets versus three to the 49ers. Yeah. With I mean, who knows? The Jets couldn't end up being good and having a good coaching situation. But like Gase turned out to be the worst quarterback situation you could have. But he got had coaching jobs because he was a great coach with Peyton Manning. He could design yeah. great offense with Peyton Manning. So like what seems like a good situation can turn bad quickly. But San Francisco with, with Shanahan and all the everything all the infrastructure there. Seems like probably the best landing spot for a rookie quarterback. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, at the top of the draft. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, there's
1: been two quarterbacks in the last thirty years. Uh, well, let's call it twenty years to get drafted that were sure things. It didn't matter what coach, what system. And I think that was Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck.
0: Well, that was thirty years if you're doing Peyton Manning. Yeah. But but I think
1: those are the yeah. only two quarterbacks where they were surefire. sure Surefire, yeah. yeah. sure yeah. but everything else. Tom Brady becomes elite because he's able to groom for totally. for three, four, five years under the Belichick system. Mm-hmm. Mahomes is incredible because of Andy
0: Reid, because of being yeah. under that, right? Aaron yeah. Rodgers.
1: So well, it's and, not and, guaranteed and that Zach Wilson is to be
0: awesome. Sh- to be surefire, you're really talking their first pick. And that's exactly why right. Manning and Luck. Because Patrick Mahomes still went 10th.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
0: like the third quarterback off the board? Something like that. Or fourth? Yeah. Trubisky. Cheeky- yeah. And and Watson, at that's least. Incredible. I think that's it. Trubisky was the first Watson first. is defendable still, I think. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, let point. me get the context right. Not currently with the sexual harassment allegations. He is not defendable. As a draft pick when he was drafted. I still that that exactly. one I understand still because yeah, I certain. actually still think Deshaun Watson talent wise is yeah. pretty incredible. Oh,
2: yeah, I don't think that's under debate. Yeah. But I think that, like
0: Trubisky, though. We got off experience. on something
2: that I think is interesting with, with talking about Wilson and his pro potential. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite people about like the draft and just the NFL in general is Lewis Riddick. He's like the he was the yeah. M N
0: F former Lions. Uh yeah.
2: former yeah, played for the Patriots, played for the Lions, has been I think oh. was in NFL front offices. Play for the Browns, maybe. Don't quote me, but it's been in front NFL front office, and now <laughs> uh, now's on ESPN as a draft and yeah. th- just game commentator. But he he tweeted out so everyone. The biggest thing from Zach Wilson's pro day was that like fade across his body flick that was forty yards downfield. Yeah, and tried, like. Granted, a, like truly incredible throw, like not every starting quarterback. That throw was jaw dropping. That, that arm talent is yeah, not every, It, it yeah.
0: conveys strength there, and there was fantastic accuracy there as well. But and I and I like the strength yeah. alone was yeah, like yeah, boy.
2: The
1: arm talent
0: is incredible
2: with yeah. and with like the body positioning right. That's mm-hmm. like where the Mahomes Rogers comparisons yeah, comes in, which seems still crazy to me. But on that front, I can understand. Well, I'm actually, is. with you there, I mean but, they, they can't help themselves though. Yeah. You know, I mean that's just the draft. Yeah, like, exactly. The draft cognizant yeah. like you got to find the current pro that you can mm-hmm. compare him to but so Riddick tweeted out this last weekend three, I know what you're talking about. three examples of Darnold, doing of Darnold making thing. that throw in the game in yeah. the NFL not against no defense yeah. right and so I, what it just shows to me is like there's there's certain prerequisites prerequisites probably to being a successful NFL quarterback and there's exceptions to every rule But, like, you've got to have some arm talent. You've got to have some ability to play not in a clean pocket and moving around. But, ultimately, what determines success, unless you are just a level above, like, Manning and Luck are probably the only ones, is totally dependent on situation. And so, Darnold, to me, like, has no probably difference in talent than what Wilson has. I agree,
0: man. I mean, I, there's no reason to think and otherwise. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so to
2: think that Wilson's going to come in and just totally change.
0: Now it's a new coaching staff, and there's well, other reasons. And especially yeah. now. Sure. Like, with Darnold well, having a few years under his belt already, you're like, yeah. like, say, for example, Darnold stays on the Jets, and they get Wilson. To think Wilson should start over Darnold is asinine. Because Darnold has the experience. Like the yeah. game is going to be unbelievably fast to Wilson, and that's, that's problematic. So that's the biggest
2: leap I think for Wilson is is proving he can fit throws into tight NFL windows exactly. and process as quickly as you need to, versus what exactly. he was asked to do at BYU. Yeah. The other big thing that that comes into this now, and this is a totally different question, so we don't have to go down this rabbit hole, but it becomes more of like a team building and like the salary cap and like the free agency and uh, salary implications for rookie deals mm-hmm. of like, maybe that's why you move on from Darnold. Cause you're going to have to pay Darnold. Maybe, mm-hmm. Or you can bring in, b- bring in Wilson, even on a rookie, uh, second number two pick. Yeah. He's going to be much True. more cost controlled over yeah. the next four years yeah. and potentially five years over Darnold who now is up on his rookie deal and you yeah. have to resign. And so th- there's much other implications, many other implications, uh, in terms of like picking a quarterback and where you pick him and choosing a rookie quarterback over an established player that's more into like team building and how you want to construct your roster versus just like individual talent identification. So I don't think we want to get down that whole rabbit hole, but I think that that plays a big part in this too where New York now has like a new coach, new like front office coming into position. Uh, well, a new a front office that's been there for a year or two, but not the front office that picked Arnold. Right. So you've got a new situation that where okay, we're just going to wipe the past clean. We're going to start fresh with our guy. We want Wilson. We're going to make him our guy. We're going to build around him, and that's more of like an organizational decision than mm-hmm. just purely like X's and O's. It's a complete overall uh, like
1: yeah process. Yep.
0: Any more to say on Wilson?
1: I mean, the other doubt that I have is who's, who is his best win.
0: USC. It had to have been his yeah. sophomore year. But all, so th- which is funny because after his sophomore year, now granted, that injury could have been a lot more harsh than I ever thought, but after his sophomore year, I wasn't even a believer. Yeah. I, I'm owning up to that. Sure. I'm eating crow. With that said, I, well, I still... I don't think you were
2: alone in that. I wasn't was alone, and those. I
0: also feel like anybody that actually says, no, no, no. I believe in him always... Now, people that didn't play with him, I mean. I don't mean like when Dylan Colley Cullin- is up there in a press conference saying like Zach Wilson will go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks at BYU history, that's an overstatement just because he's not in at BYU long enough to actually do that. Yep. And maybe been one of the best NFL quarterbacks in BYU history. Obviously, jury's, who freaking knows there. But uh, Dylan Colley saying that as playing with him, that's fair, whatever, that's fine. He can say that. But anybody else in my position... That thought Zach Wilson was gonna do what he did his junior year, basing it off of his freshman and sophomore year, is I they're an idiot. I don't I don't freaking buy into that. Yeah. I think they were taking a huge leap, huge guess, because even mechanically it wasn't there. Yeah. In fact, he didn't trust his receivers going yeah. into his junior year. That was the biggest improvement I thought in terms of like how he played, which was he thought I'm gonna need to create this with my legs. Yep. So I'm gonna have to actually like wait for that window to be open, and then by the time he'd throw it, that window was closed. So then he started, I think what Grimes and probably Roderick really focused in on was like, listen, it's about trust. Your receiver is supposed to be here by the time the ball gets there, and the reason why is because at that point, they have made their cut. The defender doesn't see it yet. They're not going to be able to close that window, so just trust your receivers. Don't wait until they're open to throw it. You throw it when they're covered, and they'll be open by the time it gets there, and I think... That was one of the major big differences as I saw his junior year. So anybody saying otherwise, I just don't I don't believe him.
1: But the, the concern part of it is that loss that they had to uh, Coastal Coastal Carolina, where he he reverted back to kind of his old ways, right?
0: Yeah, a little bit. He wanted
1: wanted to was see like, guys where open. he was like scrambling around. Yeah, there trying, was some of
0: that. He did hold on to the ball know, longer, to which know, was a kind of hero yeah. ball To your
2: point, no like anticipatory throws. Right, exactly. And that was clearly, Coastal Carolina's defense well, no, was good, though. I was that's say, that was clearly yeah, the best yeah. defense he played. And yeah, that, and that's the point. Okay, because fair. He, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. and it was one of his worst games. No, it was probably. It probably was. Sure, his worst game last. It was worst game last year, and no question. He, he actually, went, but with that said, sorry. Actually, go ahead. Here's I was just gonna say
1: when he went up against like elite, like fast defenses, mm-hmm. and and I'm just recalling, I'm calling Utah's defense last year elite. They had four draft picks uh, in the secondary, so I'm, I I think that's last that. year meaning twenty. Yeah, yeah. Wilson's uh, his 20, so Wilson 20, sophomore yeah, year. Yeah, Wilson sophomore year, but they had Utah and Washington, and those two primarily run man defenses, and then you match up with Coastal, like he struggles against. Vast, With that said, he sure
0: teams. made things happen his freshman year, though, against Utah. Yep.
3: Yeah.
0: Right? Yep. I mean, yep. that was like, after, it's funny, after his freshman year, we we're all like, this kid's going to be great. And then his sophomore slump could not have been more apparent. But what I was going to say, though, it's funny you say that, because of Coastal Carolina, he still made one of the best throws he, I've seen. Sure. His arm, t- arm, t- arm talent is t- unquestionable. Like, no, like, it was crazy. I can, it was like, I think it was right before halftime. And, like, yeah, he was I on run the run, way. running to his right like mid-stride, and he guns this thing 25 yards. It was a laser right to his receiver, and I'm like, there. that? And I thought it pretty went pretty unnoticed in the BYU world, and I was like, that's one of the greatest throws I've seen a quarterback at BYU make, ever.
1: Yeah. That's the thing, is the arm talent is, is there. Yeah, uh, but and I get what around, I'm saying. I'm not making yeah, an argument sure, for that yeah,
0: game. Absolutely. I was just no. like, it's funny that that... No, that's a great in that example
2: game. of like even in a game where he struggled yeah and you know, the offense struggled to score points he still had like incredible individual you know, showed in, yeah. incredible individual traits
0: i still i do wonder how much of that game looks worse just because we lost because i do like his was, numbers i think down were, down still like, were still it was, okay it got, yeah, it got close it, was it got close we were we were three right. yards away from winning that game yeah, yeah. um because a guy got caught and got tackled right there, at the, basically at the goal line. It was a freaking oh, uh, right. Andre that's Dyson right. yeah, situation. Right. Is that what that Kevin Dyson. Kevin Dyson, sorry. Um, but uh, had they won the game, I wonder how much we'd be looking at that as a terrible game by Wilson. I, I, I question, oh, Or just I, I, I the
2: t- narrative change where it's like,
1: oh, he had adversity but still yeah, found a
2: way. Yeah, exactly.
0: Do
1: I, I, I can attest to this because Brian Johnson, everyone remembers him as this like unbelievable quarterback. Mm-hmm. And nobody... Like, made me pull my hair out more than Brian Johnson. Yeah. like for the first three quarters of games. Yeah. And then on the fourth quarter, he turned on and he was incredible. Yeah, there you so go. So, like, winning solves all problems.
0: For sure. Exactly. Especially I,
1: in, like, the narrative of the season. Yeah.
2: The narrative of which is. As you know, time blurs, yeah. blurs out your memory.
0: I yeah. straight up think the defense was the reason why we lost that game anyway. Uh, there were well, there didn't seem to be any adjustments. I think that's hard fan. to
2: argue when, like, what was the final score of that game? Like, 27 20? And BYU averaged, what, 40 points a game?
0: And not quite that, but it was... Yeah, it was, it was around that. It was in the, the 20s. Lowest, Probably You're right. the lowest scoring was, game of the It year was right BYU's right. lowest scoring game. But...
2: And in the context of the game, you may be right, but... The time of possession, general,
0: Coastal Carolina was just running down our throats. Five to eight yard chunks at a time, it seemed like. Yeah. Running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. And we still kept... however, like a, Just a limited amount of guys in the box. There's We showed no signs of eliminating that. Yeah. And... I don't. This is not a knock on your homie, DB coach, uh, Hadley, because our secondary actually it was solid that game. Yeah. A lot of that might have been because we weren't stacking the box to try and stop the run. Who knows? But. um but
2: that was Coastal's mo. They were kind of a run. That's team, kind of right? the thing. They like. I, I'm trying to remember. And, and
0: let me just give a shout out to Preston. By the way, I'm sure you're. I'm sure he's listening. Um, our DBs have been great ever since he's been there no yeah. joke I think he and Gennaro Guilford are actually doing like legit things those guys know, how, know what they're doing yep. like, they're good
2: Guilford would be on my short list of favorite BOU players I know like he he's probably not the best corner That's to ever come to coming out him. of left field it super is but like I have some great memories of him that interception to that win interception the game in '01 one
0: was incredible
2: yeah but, that was the Luke Staley game yeah right? yeah yeah. anyway sorry for small side though. <laughs> no, you You're swaggy
0: alright let's finish it off here Uh, With one more thing, and that's your guys' coach. I have one question that I want to throw your way to kind of start this off. Now, we're not talking directly about your new coach, but would you hire, like, what if you guys hired Pope? Would you be stoked, or is that something that, like, do BYU fans overrate Pope, essentially, in your minds? Now, I'm sure you think Pope's a good coach. I think everybody pretty much accepts that now. How good of a coach is another question in your mind. I personally think he's a pretty dang good coach. I, and I think he's the potential is absolutely there for him to continue doing great things. I am scared of losing him someday because he's not technically a BYU guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he sure fits into the system very well, but I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: Uh, he would have been my number three candidate okay, uh, who on my short list. Uh, I would have had Johnny Bryant one, Alex Jensen two, Pope three. <laughs> bryant over jensen oh yeah
2: that's remind me who
0: johnny bryant is johnny bryant played poor, at the u, played the
2: u U. jazz assistant was like okay. worked with donovan a ton and now he's the uh, associate head coach for thibodeau in the for the Knicks.
0: oh wow is he the is he like specifically like a shooting guy no right? he, was, he, was, he was a player de- development coach for the jazz but but oh, he's that's like exactly. he's like a rising star is that right yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Jensen would have been a great hire and realistic one. Johnny Bryant probably has his eyes already set on getting a head coach position well, somewhere. Jensen in, does and he, too, yeah, yeah, Alex, Alex Jensen, so? he's, yeah. The he's
1: the, yeah, yeah. the associate head coach. Yeah, he's the associate coach. They're both on the verge of being.
0: Head the coach. fact, no joke, the fact that Jensen even interviewed at BYU just goes to show how nice of a guy he probably is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's he always actually he was actually one of my favorites growing up. Like if there was any I remember growing oh. up watching Utah and being like he seems like a nice guy, and that claim, like, has clearly come to pass. That comment? I'm not no, Utah not had everyone. plenty of white guys on their team. Besides, I hated Van Horn. If that helps, well, yeah, you might. Not <laughs> I, think had, you might, might bad, I don't <laughs> think
3: anyone's
2: gonna confuse Van Horn for a nice guy.
0: Um, but uh, Jensen, I always liked. I yeah. was like, I, I hated, I hated uh, Jeff Johnson. That was yeah. another one. Didn't mind Britton Johnson. Okay, funny enough, Jeff Johnson actually was a realtor for my brother who also hated Jeff Johnson when we were watching BYU, Utah, and he's like, dude, Jeff Johnson, he's a, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> well, like, yeah. go figure. Okay, ten, ten, ten years, eight, later, right? ten years <laughs> later
2: versus when you're 19 years old. I'd like yeah, to, I think a no, I mean, to think everyone's No, I mean, it's just more just funny to think about more than anything.
0: Like, like of course, if you didn't actually hate Jeff Johnson, I'm sure he is a nice dude. Sure. But,
3: uh,
1: but to answer your question, I think Mark Pope is a excellent head coach, and yes, I would love him. Uh, to coach the University of Utah.
0: The fact that he was on your short list is pretty telling. Especially, I mean, let's be real. One and two are kind of pie-in-the-sky desires. Mark Pope is somewhat realistic. He would have, I don't think he would have interviewed at the U. But this is interesting to me. I actually do want to throw this way your way as well. I would have thought Utah's in a position to have better options. Maybe that's a more of a referendum on who's available right now. I think that's a referendum on college basketball as a whole. Uh, it's just...
1: A pretty crappy sport to be a part of right now in my opinion you've got ncaa violations left and right the one and done situation sucks kids are going into the portal left and right and that's true and it's really kind of a terrible product like yeah. outside of your small towns in the kind of Midwest where basketball is the biggest thing on campus it's just kind of a second. It's just an afterthought comparatively towards the NBA. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think our options. So in, in, in general, who, I just don't know who out Utah would go. Yeah, on. I don't even know. Like, and think about that as an indictment mm-hmm. on college basketball. Who is an up and coming head coach that Utah could realistically go get? Yeah, like we're not pulling Mark Few from Gonzaga. Like, no, that's not happening. Not a chance. Right? Yeah. And Very so I think fair. it's in the diamond on college Did basketball. he... Did Craig Smith really do that well at Utah State? Yeah. He went to three... He was there for three years and went to the tournament all three years. Oh, that's good. So... Uh, he was somewhere before
2: that as a head coach, too, right?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Here's the biggest thing that he did, is he was able to successfully complete... Uh, or successfully have players stay in his program. Uh... So, here's my random stat of today's podcast. Please. In the Larry Christowiak era, how many players played all four years of their eligibility? In a 10-year... Tenu- In
0: a 10-year period. Period. Of tenu- oh my goodness. You want me to actually guess? I would love for you to guess. The thing is, just the fact that you're asking the question makes me... I'm going to lowball it and that's doesn't give you enough credit for knowing this and actually even looking to find this out. Uh, so, I'll... So I'll what I'm going to do is I'm going to guess what it should be. Okay. It should be in a 10-year era, uh probably for sure in the 20s. Like it should be like 26. Okay.
2: Right? Cuz you have three or four year. Yeah, three or four a year. A couple years ahead. You have
0: what? 12 guys on the team. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, in a 10-year period where
1: this is also scholarship guys, not walk walk-ons. count.
0: Okay. Cuz in a 10-year period, you're probably coaching if it's a consistent team where you're getting like guys three or four years in, yeah. three or four years out, um, you're probably coaching about 100 guys.
3: Sure. Yeah.
1: That's fair. Is that fair? So how many? Yeah. So well, like, no, that's
0: not true because there's going to be a lot of overlap. overlap. Yeah, there's overlap. Maybe I mean, like th- 60. Two or, two or three 50 to 60. Okay. So to do all four years, yeah, 20 not asking much. In the 20s is not asking much in that respect at all. In fact... Yeah. It should be like half of the guys you coach, right? Agreed. Okay, what's the four? Oh my goodness! Four. <laughs> See, that's why that's absurd. That's, that's... that is the most
1: ridiculous. No, like when I read that statement or that stat today, I was blown away, and it's number no one reason why Utah basketball has completely fallen off my radar of being something uh, important to me. So he... because I
0: can't be, I can't get behind anyone. He seems like he's got all the bad parts of Majerus. <laughs> that's yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah, without the good parts. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because
1: Majerus was the same way, but he had those guys that won. Yeah,
0: like, like, just, in other words, Chris Kovian just, he's a jerk. Yeah. So I think Craig Smith... Uh, he'll take, he'll obviously... I think... That won't be an
1: issue. I think he'll build a locker room. I think he'll build a culture. Uh, it seems like that's what he did at Utah State. Yeah. And it seems like he can build a team that... Uh, from their freshman year to their senior year, I can be like, oh, yeah, I'm excited to support this guy.
0: That's what Pope did immediately, by exactly. the way. And that's, that's one thing that I was saying, no joke, dude. I've And I've made this case before, even on the podcast, where I was like, one of the single biggest differences between Rose and Pope was that Pope was a player's coach and the locker room seemed fantastic. Because exactly. I've made the case before that Eric Mika probably transferred because he just like hated the locker room or yep. not transferred sorry didn't obviously transfer left. probably left for the draft because he hated the locker room yeah i think nick emery was probably the most toxic person you could have asked to have in a locker room he yep. probably drew complete lines probably was a jerk to players that he felt like being a jerk to for whatever reason and i don't think rose cared i don't think i think rose was so like just uninvolved maybe even disenchanted at that point and was just trying to cut as many corners as he could and just i rose really rose flamed out and I think the number one issue was a bad locker room at BYU, and that's why you had guys kind of leaving randomly. Eric Mika should have never left. Nope. If he wanted oh. to help his own NBA career, he would have stayed at least one more year. And the fact that uh, Italy seemed... That was always in the cards room. I don't even think Eric Mika... He's like, I'm going to try for the NBA. I'll see how summer league goes. But I know I can play in Italy, which is where I served, which yeah. is where my wife served. We both speak Italian. Italy sounds pretty damn awesome Compared to this hellhole that I'm in right now. Yep.
1: And comparatively to the who was the forward last year that was really good. And Yoli came Childs.
3: Back. Yoli Childs. Exactly. He comes back to exactly. like he, he could
1: have made a run at the NBA after his junior year. Yep. Could have gone right, but he came back. And and that's a Pope thing. And, and he was awesome.
0: Pope's right? getting
1: transfers, he's getting guys to stay, like So that so that's the whole deal is I think that Pope and I'm now hoping that Craig Smith uh can actually build Teams and cultures that are competitive year over year, and then I actually think that will make the rivalry way more interesting because uh, now more. you're now you're going to see guys that go- come through as a freshman and they're competing freshman, sophomore, senior, senior year, and that becomes really interesting.
0: So yeah, one hundred percent. You're making all the right arguments right now, man. you're you're just saying what I want, like what I think as well. Can we admit now though that like Coach Bichkoviak, like. Was being the ultimate bitch by saying he's like I'm scared for my player's safety and that's why I don't want to play BYU.
1: Um, sure, you you can say that.
0: So you legitimately think BYU was especially dirty? Nick Emery took some cheap shots. There's no question about that. But like, you think like BYU as a whole was any worse than any other team in the Pac-12? Uh, I
1: mean, Nick Emery was, but it was super
0: dirty. Yeah, but he's like. Take him out of the pitcher. So I would say...
1: I, I just would think, say I can understand
2: the concern. I think, is it did it rise to the level where your players are actually in danger? That's probably more questionable. But I do think it was like a, a little bit of a different level.
0: I, just I think, mean, the, mo- as most rivalries are. But I'm yeah, saying, sure. like you have to disassociate it from that. And you have to accept the fact that there is a higher level of tension in a rivalry game. For sure. Also, and maybe this is unfair, take Nick Emery out of the pitcher unless... Chris Kowiak's literally saying it because of Nick Emery and that's it. Then I'm like, you know what? All right, fine. Still kind of a weird cop-out. I honestly think Chris Kowiak was just, like, I think he was just trying to just, like, piss off BYU. I really do. I think he was and, just, like, and, and that could certainly these guys can case. F off.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, he, and admittedly, as a Utah fan, I get tired of the notion that, it's always Utah that's like the dirty players, and it's always like, Utah
0: that's it's like funny by you big saying big that cheap though. shots. And well, because BYU like BYU was getting like castigated left and right about being like the dirty guys. It seemed like right. I mean, they were, like the football players. They even like made like v- like footage of like yeah BYU players taking cheap shots. And like yeah, this, I mean, this always happens. You can make this every but, year. But, but every the
1: excuse year. is always like, oh, they're well, they're just playing hard. Like they're they're just playing hard. They're just. You know, being aggressive—they're just playing through uh-huh. the whistle. It, it, they always kind of get this pass from BYU fans. Like, trust me, I see it in my cousin's tweets. Oh no no no! All I, the time. Well, your and cousin's it, a special. I, I know, but it drives me—it drives me <laughs> nuts when I just see it. It's always being defended, and I get that. And I, I understand Kristo, that. I think Kristovac, him not being a local guy, was just like, "Why do I need this rivalry?" like, well, when what's it's, when it's what's, not a conference? It's not, it, yeah, it's not serving me any purpose, and, and to him that was a massive mistake, because it, it means a lot to the fans for sure. Yeah. So
0: he overshot that. So I'm now gonna bring up two tweets. One is absolutely related to this, and another one is not, and they're mine because that's what I do on my podcast. Really? I toot my own horn. Perfect. Um, well, and then you tweet the podcast later. Exactly, it's self-sustaining, this, it's, it's cyclical. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I know you guys saw this Casey even commented on it and it's one of my it's one of my more proud tweets in the recent memory top five saddest moments for a BYU fan five Gifford Nielsen injury four 2010 overtime loss to Florida in basketball three Taysom's 23-ish injuries two sounds like the right number yeah Brandon Davies sexcapades which one and four are basically the same one today Utah firing coach Chris Goviak. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: it's a it was, great tweet. Uh, it's, it, w- it, it was frankly just a great tweet.
1: And uh, meanwhile, Utah fans were just rejoicing. Equally thrilled. We were just or absolutely inversely thrilled. Inversely, inversely thrilled. No joke, we were, we were man. Just, I wish
0: you guys would have had Chris Goviak forever. I, I
1: have this. Uh, awesome text thread with my brother and my friend and his brother were just psycho Utah basketball fans. Mm-hmm. We, we grew up in the Huntsman Center. And when that news got announced, that thing rattled off for good two hours. hours.
0: <laughs> it was great. That would be good. I can only imagine the gifts that were being shared in that one. Oh, yes. Um, and then the other one is unrelated, but I'm I'm actually going to give you guys a chance to repent and appreciate it even though it doesn't apply to you as much. But maybe you can speak on behalf of the BYU fans. That should have appreciated it. It actually ticks me off that it only got two likes. Jesse Wade. uh, You may remember him from uh, going viral for a little bit because he got stuck in an elevator during March Madness. Oh, yeah. Mm, Current player. Yes, sort of. Because he tweeted out and said, I had a great talk with Coach Pope today, and I will be entering the transfer portal to explore possible options. There are multiple ways this can go, and no doors are closed anywhere, including BYU. I just simply want to explore options and see what is out there. And I quote tweeted that and added and said, except for elevator (laughs) doors. I saw it. It was great.
1: It it was absolutely great. I didn't see that, but no, like, it, also, it was also a plus. great tweet. I'm like, are yeah. you
0: freak I know this is so pathetic. That I don't I'm like, like anything BYU BYU you related. guys right now. I
1: don't like anything BYU related. That's but like
0: it was great. I I read it and laughed. Could not believe that got like no traction. I'm like, are you serious, you yeah. idiots? That is <laughs> yeah. so freaking funny. It is really good. And I and here's the thing. Maybe I'm not that naturally funny, so that's why I need to let everybody oh. know when I do. Yeah good one there. Uh,
1: <laughs> remind me I have an awesome elevator story about a famous athlete uh, and this can't be shared on the pod no. uh, not yet <laughs> dang it well, few, tune in to future episodes for the <laughs> but, but it story. is it is one of my favorite elevator stories ever
0: anything else gentlemen
1: <sighs> no <laughs> other than I can't wait to come back
2: Should we just plan I mean, on breaking down a post a post game pod in August, August,
0: Absol- August
1: twenty one. I cannot wait to. There's no. Going.
0: I'll have you guys on before that. Oh, in like fact, a,
1: maybe a little preseason preview.
0: Well, for sure. Some but then, like, we, I mean, here's the usual thing: it doesn't need to just be sports. Yeah, we've
2: we got a lot of ground to cover. Like, here I this, love you guys, this period, man. This one. is too good. I appreciate oh, yeah. you,
0: pal. Like, you guys have needed a platform for a while. I don't. I talk all <laughs> the time. I mean, if like you know, well, the, one could argue
2: that's the last thing I need. <laughs> in fact.
0: I mean, I, here's the thing. They say you get to be an expert by doing something for 10,000 hours, right? Yeah. I think I've talked for, I don't know, 3 million hours probably in my life. That sounds about I right. I definitely
2: watch sports for about 3 million hours. <laughs> so if nothing oh, else, yeah. we're good there. Um,
0: yeah. hmm. All right, gents. Thank you so much for coming it's on. Out. I love it's you happy, guys. Appreciate Go Utes. Man. Go Utes.